You are listening to the Salty Catholic Podcast. I am your host, N.S. Kesto. I'm salty because Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. As I look around, I see the world moving away from authentic biblical Christian values, and I also see Catholics losing their identity to the culture. So I'm here to sprinkle in a little bit of flavor. All right, let's begin. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness who? Honestly, I didn't have a joke here. I just didn't know how to start this. But hey, you may have a Jehovah's Witness knocking at your door pretty soon. The weather is starting to warm up. And when they do, they'll be asking you if they can speak to you and share with you an important message from Scripture. So in this episode, I'm going to briefly talk about the history of this organization and some of the things that they believe in, and then I'll get into some of the ways where we can engage with them and counter some of their arguments should you be one of the lucky people that they approach. Now let's start with a bit of history. Jehovah's Witnesses was found in the late 19th century by a guy named Charles Taze Russell. Now Russell was a Bible student, and he believed many of the traditional Christian teachings were not correct, and that a new understanding of the Bible was needed, so he took it upon himself to, you know, bring that into the world. <laughs> well, there goes your red flag. You know, everyone in the past 1900 years has been wrong, but he's going to come up with the teachings himself. Yeah, okay. But he began preaching and writing about his ideas, and then he grew followers. Um, his following came, became pretty big, and he formed what was called the Bible Student Movement. Then he founded what was called the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society back in 1884, and this organization is still overseeing the Jehovah's Witnesses today. Now, Charles was not a Bible scholar by any means. In fact, while under oath in court in 1913, he claimed that he was a scholar, and he even knew Greek. So, of course, they handed him a Greek translation of the Bible, and to no one's surprise, he couldn't read it. He didn't know the alphabet. He couldn't even read Latin or Hebrew. Why people still followed this guy, I have no idea. But anyway, after Russell's death in 1916, he had a successor by the name of Joseph F. Rutherford, and he took over the leadership of the movement. And he called himself Judge Joseph, which he wasn't a judge. He's never been a judge. And that's like, that's two guys who claim to be something that they're not. And people were like, oh, you know, that's not a bad idea. Let me just uh, give up my entire life and follow these guys. <sighs> anyway, in 1931, Joseph, I'm sorry, Judge Joseph renamed the Bible student movement to Jehovah's Witnesses. I guess they just needed to remarket themselves, kind of how Marshall Fields became Macy's, same store, different name. But they even came up with their own Bible translation, the New World Translation, 1950. Oh, yeah. They had a whole convention at the Yankee Stadium in New York, and they released this new translation like Apple announces a new phone. At that time, the most popular English translation was the King James Bible, and it was written back in the 1600s, or I'm sorry, I should say it was translated back in the 1600s. But because you can easily read that Bible and realize that everything the Jehovah's Witnesses were saying was absolute false, it had no bearing any, in any way, shape, or form, a new translation with a bunch of altered words to fit their theology had to come about and I'll share some of those examples later. But what does this group believe in, and why are they so different from Christians? Well, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the end of the world is near. They're obsessed with figuring out when the world is going to end, and they've been wrong at least eight times at predicting uh, the end of the world, and they're still predicting. So they reject the doctrine of Trinity, which is why they cannot be considered Christians. They can't claim the title Christianity since they reject one of the most central doctrines of Christianity. You'll hear some of them claiming, no, no, we're Christians. They can claim that all they want. They're not Christians because they, they deny the Trinity. 
Now, they don't call their place of worship or whatever it is that they do, they don't call it a church because they have no time for a Christian church. Ru- uh, Russell Taze, um, Charles Taze Russell, sorry, said in um, 1879 that God had rejected all existing churches and made the Russellites the only spokesman for God. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Before they were called Jehovah's Witnesses, they were called Russellites. Now, Judge Joseph took it even further than Russell. He said that after Jesus resurrected, the devil built up a great empire in the Catholic Church and that the devil inspired the creation of the Protestant Church. So pretty much all priests and pastors are the devil. How neat. They also don't believe in a hierarchy or a church because that's contrary to the Bible. The the successor of Judge Joseph was a guy named Nathan Knorr. He wrote that Christ directs affairs through a visible organization here on earth, and that organization has a headquarters in Brooklyn, New York. (laughs) Out of all places, Jesus establishes his organization in Brooklyn, New York. Everyone knows Jesus was Italian. Oh, and of course, the visible head of this visible organization is Nathan Knorr himself, of course. I mean, come on, (laughs) don't be so dumb. It's obvious when a guy claims to be the head of an organization that Jesus established, you just go with it. Don't ask questions. So to be clear, they don't have a hierarchy, just a headquarters with a guy in charge. That's not a hierarchy, right? And as of recent years, it's seven guys in charge, and they call themselves the faithful and discreet slaves. The congregation that assemble in their kingdom hall are called a company, and they meet, like I said, in the kingdom hall, not a church. Because, you know, we all know that famous um, Bible verse, you know, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my kingdom hall. They also believe that only a limited number of people will be saved, 144,000 to be exact. Which, I mean, if you think about it, why would they want to recruit more people? Doesn't that just reduce their chances of being saved? (laughs) Ah, this is so funny. Okay, if you don't believe me, this is an exact quote from the Watchtower, which is their official means of sharing their faith and belief. Think of it as like their CCC. They have a website. It used to be a magazine, but now it became a website since the internet became more popular. Well, this was an article written in 2004. It says this, After the Apostle John was told in a vision about this group of 144,000 individuals, he was shown another group. John describes the second group as a great crowd, which no man was able to number, out of all nations and tribes and people and tongues. And this is from, you know, the book of Revelation. And the article goes on to say, This great crowd refers to those who will survive the coming great tribulation, which will destroy the present wicked world. The context of Revelation 7-4 and related statements found elsewhere in the Bible bear out that the number 144,000 is to be taken literally. I'm going to repeat that again. The context of Revelation 7-4 and related statements found elsewhere in the Bible that bear out the number 144,000 is to be taken literally. It refers to those who will rule in heaven with Christ over paradise earth, which will be filled with a large number, an undetermined number of happy people who worship Jehovah God. Okay, so so they believe that 144,000 people out of their estimated 9 million members around the world will be, let's just call them assistant managers in heaven with Jesus rolling over paradise earth. And the rest of the Jehovah's Witnesses, they'll just be chill and happy to worship God. Okay, so what about the people outside of the faith? Oh yeah, they just stop existing. There is no hell in Jehovah's Witness universe. They don't believe hell exists because their founder, Charles Taze Russell, was obsessed with the thought and horror that hell is a reality. He briefly became an atheist because of it, but because he was so drawn to the Bible... He came back to the faith, but then he started to preach a good news without hell, pretty much. 
Okay, so those are just a few of the many differences that they have with Christians. But let's get to the meat of the argument here. Let's get to how we can have a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness and engage with them when they start talking about the Bible. Now, when you do, don't be sidetracked with everything I said. Like, don't worry about the history, the number of the people that can be saved, all that. This is just information so that you can understand how this cult began and what, you know why they believe what they believe. The main thing to do is focus on Scripture and Jesus. Now, you can show them from Scripture that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is God in flesh, the incarnate Word of God. But here's where it gets a little tricky. Remember when I said that they came up with their own translation of the Bible? Well, it's bad. It's really bad. They mistranslated practically every single passage that proves the, um, the deity of Jesus. I'll give a few examples. The famous John chapter 1, verse 1. When you open up your Bible, it clearly says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Any Christian reading this affirms the deity of Jesus because he is the Word of God, and the Word was God. But if you open up a New World Translation, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God, lowercase g. This translation is not supported by any Greek scholar who agrees with the, you know, the original Greek text that says the word was God, not the word was a God. By asserting that indefinite article, a, before the word God, the Jehovah's Witnesses translation just pretty much changed the entire meaning and it contradicts the idea of the Trinity. This is why they don't believe that Jesus is God or he is the word of God. Another example is in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, this is verses 15 through 17. And here's how it reads when you open up any English translation of the Bible. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This passage clearly shows that Jesus is not just a created being, but he is the creator. Now look what they did. In the New World Translation, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creatures, because by him all other things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or leaderships or governments or authorities, all other things have been created through him and for him. Also, he is before all other other things by means of him all other things were made to exist do you see what they did this is satanic they just asserted the word other things because he is created and all other things were created through him do you see what they did this is truly satanic who else would put words in scripture like this to change it to make that the deity of christ non-existent other than the satan himself and when you try to show them the King James Bible or the English Standard Version of the Bible and you show them the passages that they translated were different, you have to keep in mind that they have been taught and trained to reject every version of the Bible. They will not take your Bible. They will not take any books from you. They will not want to read any books from you because they have been taught that these are all false translations and only they have the exclusive truth, period. So when you pull out their Bible, they're going to just say, well, who the heck do you think you are telling me about the Bible? It's your Bible and your corrupt translation. We don't have to acknowledge them. Thankfully, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the way, the truth, and the life, he can use the tools of his enemies against them. So here's what you could do. In the Jehovah's Witness website itself, they have what's called the interlinear Greek translation of the Bible. And we have those study tools um, if you go to pretty much any Christian Bible website. 
It's a great Bible study tool. It shows you the original Greek text, exactly how it's written, and either right above or right below each of those Greek words, it tells you the literal uh, translation of the word in English. So they have that same thing in their own website. This is the Greek translation that they used to translate their English translation. I'll put the link in the description of this episode so you can use it. Now, if you go to any Bible verse that proves the deity of Jesus and you use um, their New World translation, which completely butchers it, you can use that interlinear Greek translation on their own website that shows the original Greek translation, and you can show them that doesn't have all these added or changed words. Like the two verses that I just shared, you can clearly go to their own website and show them that it doesn't say all other things. It doesn't say that the word was a God. I'll give you another example. In Revelation 1.8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. And when you read Revelation from verses 1 through verse 8 in context, this is Jesus speaking to John. In the New World Translation, it says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says Jehovah God, not the Lord God. They asserted the word Jehovah in their corrupt translation in almost every instance where the word Lord appears. It's subtle, but it's extremely misleading. The verse I just read to you, if you read that verse without the word Jehovah, it's clearly Jesus speaking, not the Father. But the moment you put the word Jehovah in it, to the Jehovah's Witness, they can't be Jesus because Jesus is not Jehovah. He can't be Jehovah. Do you see what they did? So what they do is they put the word Jehovah because now it can't be Jesus speaking. It has to be Jehovah speaking. Now, if you go to the Greek interlinear from their own website, you don't see the word Jehovah there. You see the word Kyrios, which is the Greek word for Lord. Here's another example in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. And I'll break it down verse by verse just so we can understand it, right? Verse 9, it says, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, that's clear enough. We confess that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Verse 10, For man believes with his heart and so is justified, and he confesses with his lips and so is saved. Confesses what with his lips? That Jesus is Lord. We just read that in verse 9. Okay, let's go to verse 11. The scripture says, No one who believes in him will be put to shame. Believes in who? Obviously, we're still talking about Jesus. Let's go to verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and bestows his riches upon all who call upon him. Which Lord are we talking about? Again, we're still talking about the same Lord that we were talking about from verse 9, which is Jesus. Now, verse 13. Here's the key verse. It says, For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, who is this Lord that we're talking about in this context? It's Jesus. Verse 9 through 13 is talking about the same Lord. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's pretty much what it's saying. So now, guess what they did? <laughs> you will not believe what they did. If you open up their Bible, verse 13 says, For everyone who calls upon the name of Jehovah will be saved. Do you see what they did there? Now you have to ask the Jehovah's Witness why there was such a disconnect between verses 9 to 13. It kept talking about Lord. You confess the name of the Lord with your name. That Lord, Lord, all of a sudden says Jehovah. Now, you can also open up their website from their own Greek interlinear and see that the word Kyrios, Lord, is used in all of these verses. The same exact word. Why would they change that last Kyrios in verse 13 to Jehovah? Now, you can spend a ton of time doing this back and forth, using their own website against them. 
That way they can't cower behind the, oh, you don't have the authority to teach us, only we do. Well, this is your own website, so you can't say any of that. When you start pointing this out, you should immediately then jump to the next issue, which is authority. Focus on this as much as possible. Ask the witness to explain to you why you should believe, one, that the Catholic Church lost its God-given authority to interpret Scripture and proclaim doctrine, and two, how the Watchtower is the official organization on earth that has the authority to interpret Scripture. They might cite a bunch of verses like 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 or 2 Timothy chapter 1 or Galatians chapter 1, but all these verses show is that some members of the church fell away from the faith, not all of them, and this happens to every single religion, including Jehovah's Witnesses themselves. A group of Jehovah's Witnesses fell away and started an organization called the Dawn Bible Students, and they have a lot of similarities with the Jehovah's Witness theology, but they don't consider them to be Jehovah's Witnesses because they fell away. So should we believe that all of Jehovah's Witnesses lost the authority to interpret Scripture because some of their members fell away? They won't believe that, of course. So why should we believe that about Catholicism or Christianity in general? They have absolutely no evidence that total apostasy took place. They can't point to a certain time or an event in history that caused this. They just can't because it doesn't exist. There is, however, evidence that such apostasy could never have taken place. For example, in, chap in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 20, it describes how the apostles could pass on their authority for future bishops by laying of the hands. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 through 19, this is the famous verse where Jesus makes Peter the rock, and on this rock he builds his church and he gives the keys to the kingdom, and he says, the gates of heaven, I'm sorry, the gates of hell will never prevail. And in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus says, I am with you always until the end of age. And Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. So now you have to ask the witness, Why should I believe that the Almighty God, who allowed his church to perish from the face of the earth and waited 1,800 years, for just some ordinary dude from Pittsburgh to move to New York and start an organization to restore his kingdom. I mean, didn't Jesus tell Peter that the gates of hell will never prevail? Demand that they give you proof to this claim of their, of their divine authority. Even their cult, even their headquarters, they don't know how to answer this. In their book, uh, in 2005 book, it's called Organized to Do Jehovah's Will. The Watchtower says this, There are many reasons to have complete trust in the, sla in the slave class. First and foremost, Jesus has appointed them over his precious belongings. This is a clear indication that he has complete trust in them. <laughs> Look how they just make an assumption and dress it up as evidence. Oh, how do we know Jesus gave the Watchtower special authority? Because Jesus gave the Watchtower special authority. They don't tell you how or when. They just say he did. And here's the thing. As a Catholic, if a Jehovah's Witness asks me to prove to him that the Catholic Church has divine authority, it's so easy to do. First, we can look at all these scripture verses that I cited earlier. We can look at all the writings of the church father from the first and second century that talk about apostolic succession and the church authority. We can trace our current pope back to St. Peter. We have such a huge pedigree that we sit on. It's undeniable that we have you know, a far better claim to divine authority than the Jehovah's Witnesses ever do. So this is how you can plant the seed in their heart. If you can just guide them to see that they don't have much of a claim to the authority of Scripture as they claim they do, they can be open to seeing which church really does have God's authority, and by the grace of the Holy Spirit, they'll be guided back to the fullness of the truth in the Catholic Church. Now, I hope you found this helpful, and please don't stop there. 
I encourage you to go online and research some common objections by the Jehovah's Witnesses and see how you can respond to them. And of course, it goes without saying, be respectful when engaging with them. Like when Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Pray for them. And pray that the Holy Spirit guides you when you're engaging with them, because at the end of the day, you're not going to convert their heart. That's not your job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. We just have to keep in mind and put aside our pride and ego and just let the Holy Spirit work through us. So that brings me to the end of this episode. Thank you all for tuning in and for your support. Please keep me in your prayer as I keep you in mine. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts. We have the lovely ladies, Vanessa, Adora, and Patrice, hosting the Invitation to the Sisterhood. And we have the not-so-lovely Jeff and Pilar hosting the Catholic Avengers. So check them out. Or don't, it's up to you. God gave you a free will. But I love you all. God bless you all. And be salty. (laughs) 